You've been listening to Eileen Foley O'Neill. She is a native of the Dingle Peninsula on the west coast of Ireland. We met her at Clahane at a community house during a Sialgas Creek. It's an old form, a gathering of neighbors who share stories and sing songs accompanied by harp, accordion, and fiddle. It felt quite Irish in setting and sound. Becky and I discovered Clahane and the Sialgas Creek during a recent visit to the Green Isle. We were in search of a different third place, the authentic Irish and Welsh pub. Barcrawl Radio recorded in Dublin at the Ferryman. Uh, This is a pub on the River Liffey in the financial district that serves pints of Guinness to young clerks, their bosses, and tourists. And we had a beer tasting with a young couple from Munich while we were at the Ferryman. We then visited the Windjammer, a very local Dublin pub quieter than the ferryman, and for me, really authentically Irish. We met the bartender, David, and one of the longtime patrons of the Windjammer, Tony. In Hay on Wye in Wales, we spoke with members of the Goesworthy family who own the Blue Borg Pub. And we had pints at pubs in Carlingford and Brandon, and at several lawn bowling clubs, and at the country club bar at Clontarf Golf Course in Dublin. So we, we got around. I'd never enjoyed Guinness in the States, a treacle-colored bitter brew. But over there, in Ireland, it is more than beer. It takes on a different taste and a grander status. A pint of Guinness, ordering a half pint is really not accepted, is a communal experience. I'll have a pint is not a drink order, but an announcement to friends that you have arrived. It's the way of entering this place with these people. Guinness is God in Ireland. I'd never seen a professionally drawn pint of Guinness. At the ferryman, my friend Paul took his pint too early, and the barman ran after him, grabbed the three-quarter filled glass, and returned to the bar to finish the pour. All quite friendly and all quite professional. And by the way, we don't call them bartenders. In Ireland, they're barmen. When done correctly, the pint of Guinness is an elegant piece of drinking art, with its creamy head and dark, chocolatey body. According to David, the barman at the Windjammer, the pour takes three years to perfect. We have since found a professional Guinness pour in Manhattan at the Dead Poet on Amsterdam 82nd Street. Catch the Bar Crawl Radio podcast at the Dead Poet. This hour podcast is a sampling of our experience of Irish-Welsh bar life. Let us know what you think at Bar Crawl Radio and catch us at Radio568.com. We begin with a visit to Tarastone, a Buddhist retreat near Salisbury in the United Kingdom, a walk up the lane from Swallowcliff. This was not a visit to a pub, but it was an event we wanted to share with you. It was a meeting one night of mystics and music makers vibrating with the spirit of ley lines right next to the ancient ring of standing stones called Stonehenge. Let's start with guitarist Russell Davis. Davis. I'm a musician who's primarily been interested in gypsy music and music from the Near East and the Middle East and also India, the Indian subcontinent. And I've been very influenced by the Sufi traditions in various different forms of music. So um, 
I've been learning uh, various instruments in the past 20 odd years and applying what I know of Middle Eastern music and Sufi music to the various genres of music that I'm playing on different instruments. Can you describe where we are right now? Because this is a very unusual situation. We're in Salisbury, or outside of Salisbury in the United Kingdom, yeah. uh, not too far from London, in, in a very attractive space here at Tarrastone. Could you describe where we are? Well, this is uh, deep in the heart of mystical uh, Wiltshire, and uh, there's some incredible um, uh, ancient sites. This area's been chosen for this uh, amazing retreat center here run by Tanya. And, and this particular center has a really magical feel about it, very near to some of the ancient um, sites in England, just a stone's throw away. Yeah, tell us what the site we're really close to here, the one that most people would know about. Well, probably Stonehenge is the obvious place, um, but just um, a stone's throw away, you have ancient burial mounds and, and that kind of thing. And you have um, a whole network of ley lines in this area. A ley line's an energy line, similar to um, effectively the chi lines in the body. Um, so you have nodal points, just as you have uh, if you're having your acupuncture done. And there's various uh, points like that all over Wiltshire, particularly. Black Mountains is another one of those areas that's absolutely full of these ley lines, which are also ancient drovers' roads. They were used for um, herding cattle across the mountainsides. They're also used for uh, Celtic Beltane fires for, and for communicating long distance. There was a kind of multifunctional aspect to ley lines in, in that they were also used by the Druids to channel energy in order to improve uh, crop uh, growth and improve the general energy on various different levels throughout the UK. The, um, the desecration of certain lay centres um, by multinational corporations. Recently, Walmart bought out a place in um, one of the southern states of America that was an ancient um, sacred site that was used primarily by the local Native American tribes. And according to the Native Americans, um, it's absolutely essential that these um, lay node points or these sacred sites are kept healthy and free of unwanted influence um, and kept their, uh, their energies kept pure in some way. I've heard that there's a very negative effect on ley lines by lemon popsicles. Yeah, no, I'm serious. I'm absolutely serious. This area has a very uh, uh, important significance spiritually uh, going back thousands of years. So the reason why this particular site works very well as a retreat center is that the particular ambient energies in the earth and in the history of the landscape um, are absolutely suited for a retreat center and also suited for the production of uh, music of a spiritual nature. The whole of this landscape is uh, particularly um, significant um, on uh, many levels. For example, um, and this, this would be a lesser known one, this, this area is uh, very well known for crop circles. Um, and there is also um, a significance with extraterrestrial beings to crop circles. Come on, extraterrestrial beings. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, the, the whole point, um, if you go back to the works of John Michel, who was one of the pioneers of uh, ley line research, he believed that um, certain key points on, the, on these uh, ley uh, energies could be used as interdimensional portals. So why should there not be places where beings from other dimensions uh, could find it easier to intersect with this reality? What does music have to do with all this? Music is a way of uh, raising one's energy so that one, one's more in tune with uh, the everything. Um, we, we get to lock down into ourselves and into very small concerns, and music has a way of opening that up and raising one's frequency according to the nature of the music. So I think it's uh, 
very significant in that regard. Maybe music is there to untrump us? To, to untrump us, yes. Uh, yeah. It would be sad if we, if we didn't go down that route. I see you have a, a lute here. What, this is that's, actually a, uh, that's actually an oud, which is the origin of the lute, which is basically a fretted oud. And the lute is the origin of the guitar. So what you have there is the grandfather of the guitar. And are you going to be playing something on the... I will play something on, on the oud. Something that uh, is purely improvisational. I, I like, particularly on this instrument, I like to um, draw inspiration and play something purely that comes to me as, as I pick the instruments up. From the moment. From the moment. For the complete interview of guitarist and lutist Russell Davis at the Tarrastone Buddhist Retreat in Wiltshire, England, and more of Mr. Davis's delightful music, go to Radio568.com. We are Bar Crawl Radio International in Ireland and Wales. We're here in Wales that's the United Kingdom, at a lovely pub in a small town, but an important town called Hay-on-Wye. The name of the town is Hay, and it's on the Wye River. And we're in a pub called the Blue Boar. We're going to be talking to the people here that are the clients at the Blue Boar. Some are locals. Some are visiting because Hay on Wye is an important center for used books. My partner is here. She just arrived, Becky McKean Winson, and she'll be joining us in a second. Again, we're in Hay on Wye. This is Bar Crawl Radio. We're at the Blue Boar in the Black Mountains, northern part of the Black Mountains in Wales, United Kingdom, right on the border between England and Wales. They're getting prepared to uh, have a busy night here from uh, the looks of it. The town is filled with tourists who are enjoying the wonderful medieval-looking buildings and shops and pubs and bookstores that are inhabiting this area. And so we're going to begin in a second and this is Bar Crawl Radio. I'm, rec- I'm recording everything, so they just recorded that kiss. Did they? Well, we did, did yeah. I just recorded the kiss, yes. Well, here, we just make it a better one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we, we, we captured someone here to talk to us here at the Blue Boar. I know her first name is Mel, or Melanie. Yeah. Our good neighbor in, in Manhattan is Melanie Bean. And when we broadcast, we play her music. So why don't you tell us a little about who you are. Are you a local? Yes, I've lived here for uh, seven years, and it's testament to Hay of what a great place it is because I've never lived anywhere longer than four years previously. So it's, it's, it's gripped me. It's grabbed me. So you're a bit of a gypsy. I am a bit of a nomad. Um, I enjoy the stimulation of moving around, meeting new people. 
striking up new relationships wherever I go. I, I do too. That's why I do bar crawl radio. It's like we can, I can pull people like you over and have a nice conversation. What What do you do? Uh, as they say, I'm a painter and a writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, many moons ago, I used to work in public service, and this is a, a complete sea change for me, really. And so, how long have you been living as a as a painter and a writer? Uh, I've been writing. I write poetry, and I've been doing that since I was 15. I'm 54 now, so that's quite a long stretch. And uh, the painting was something I came to late in life, really, about six years ago. I'd say. So we, we would need your last name to know if we want to look up your poetry, wouldn't we? Right, it's Owen. O-W-E-N, a good Welsh name, good solid Owen. Welsh name. Right, so Melanie Owen. Yeah. What kinds of things do you usually paint? Uh, I call it cheating, and as much as I don't paint anything I see in front of me, I do it all out of my imagination. So I do seascapes, landscapes, still lives, everything really, mm-hmm. just out of my head. But I'm hoping to actually go out and do a bit in the countryside and combine it with one of my loves, which is hill walking. So uh, I walk mostly in the Brecon Beacons or the Black Mountains, which are both within striking distance of Hay, mm-hmm. uh, as I don't have um, a vehicle of my own, so I can get there on public transport at the start of doing what I need to do. So what is your favorite walk? And tell me what you see when you go on that walk. I have to say that it's Penavan, which is the highest summit in South Wales, which is uh, above the uh, town of Brecon. And I have a particular affiliation with it because I have friends who um, are ex-forces and uh, they do a lot of training up there. And it, it gives me inspiration and that motivation to get up and do it. Have you been in the military? I haven't been in the military. I used to be a police officer a long time ago. Okay. Where were you a police officer? I was a police officer in Bristol. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, that was that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm getting a sense it was work that you did a long time ago and that you're not necessarily unhappy that you're away from it. Uh, it's a stressful job. I and uh, I, I love the camaraderie. Uh, what I, I, I didn't like so much was the fact you might start a job and couldn't see it through to its resolution. You'd have to hand it over to people. and To a prosecutor. Yeah, just relinquish control. Or an inspector. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, that side of it didn't appeal to me too much, but I, there were certain things I miss about it very much. You know, being, Can you, like for instance? Being in public service and, and serving the community is uh, a very rewarding thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, these days, the complexion of working in that particular service has changed dramatically since I was in. I, there's a lot more red tape and a lot more um, things in triplicate, etc., that have to be filled out. So a lot of bureaucratic things that get in the sure. way of you actually doing what you want to do, which is to serve the public. Also doing something just like, you know, giving somebody directions to where they want to mm-hmm. go. Something mm-hmm. as, as simple as that can be... Hey, you know, I'm right. doing my job. I have read about this area. I'm, I'm a student of Raymond Williams. I don't know if you know, he's a sociologist who wrote about the Black Mountains. And he, he talks about not only the wonder of it, and the beauty of it, the history of it, but also the mystical part of it. Uh, are, are, you, are you aware of that? or? Yeah. Um, not far from here, there's a valley called... Um, um, uh, the Clantoni Valley, and that has an, uh, the ruins of an old priory in it. And apparently, at Capilla Finn, which is a little settlement very close by, where there's a beautiful church that I recommend anybody to go and visit, uh, the veil between this world and another world is very, very thin. And people have seen all sorts of strange phenomena there. And uh, it has. Can you give me, in, for instance? There have been people there who claim to have seen Mary uh, Magdalene there and um, strange sightings, comings and goings, which can't be explained in terms of what we deem to be in the real world, you know. Now, you realize many of my listeners are hardcore, you know, realists, and they're going to say, Mel, come on. Sure. Uh, And I'm sure you've heard that. My tendency is I love the story. And I just spoke with people who uh, studied Buzum in Salisbury at Swallowcliff. And they played some gorgeous music. And we talked about the crop circles and beams of light. Raymond Williams does the same thing. 
Yeah. And he's a very much of a realist, a sociologist, but yet there's a part of me that goes, come on. And yeah. yet you're, 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 you seem a very logical person. You're down on earth. You're not irrational. And uh, yet you're talking not. like this. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a case of um, until you've... S- I think I can't disprove anything if um, I haven't actually experienced it myself. And, and you haven't. I, I haven't, no. Right, but you look for it. When you go walk I'm in that area. I'm open to it. I'm yeah. open to it. Right. I'm open to it, but I, I'm not actively seeking something because I think you can conjure up things in your mind which might um, f- fulfill the agenda you have. You I, I, I would as- expect, as a trained police officer, someone who is trained to observe and see what's going on, that you would know the difference between something that you're making up and something that you're actually observing. Yeah, I'm, but I have to say that, and I'm going to sound really kooky here, but... I have actually experienced uh, two unexplained flying objects that came up close and personal to me, flashing in white, blue, and red. How, how close? Very close. They were approximately. They were approximately. I don't know, fifty feet away from me, and it wasn't a scary experience because they just looked patriotic. They were flashing <laughs> white, blue, and red. And I thought, okay, this is fine. I can handle this. You know, it was just... All right, okay. and they weren't drones. They weren't drones, no. I this mean, was, you know what they be- look like. Yeah. Sure, this was before drones really appeared on the scene in any shape or form, I think. So, and, and it was okay. They just whizzed off again. I was. And I how was large were they? they were, I'd say they were um, about... They were... Disc shaped, really, and I. You're, you're giving me like the size of a basketball or a large no, soccer no, they, ball. No, no, they, yeah. they were approximately six feet. All right, and, and and Mel is reaching her arms out because we're on radio, so yeah. reaching out about six feet and in diameter. And it wasn't a hallucination. It, it, mm-hmm. it there was something there. I want to believe that. <laughs> I want to see it. Yeah. Where were you? I was walking between uh, um, a place called Abergavenny and Krakow, which are... Oh, it's here in the Black Mountains. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Abergavenny. Yeah. uh, Say it again. Abergavenny. Abergavenny. Okay, I'll say Abergavenny. So Abergavenny. Yeah. I'll never make that mistake again. (laughs) Abergavenny. That's that's wonderful. So are you going to be staying here on Heian Wai? Is this now your town? Is this your place? It is. I'm using it as my base to explore and discover. Okay. okay. We're, we're at the Blue Boar. My last question. Why do you come here? Because it's a great place to people watch. The atmosphere is relaxed and they run a tight ship and the staff are brilliant. And I meet interesting people doing interesting things like yourself. Here, All right. So. But I bet there's never been a podcast here before. There hasn't as far as I know. <laughs> okay. Mel, thank you very much. Mel Owens, who is a painter and a, um, writes poetry and has been here on Hay on Y for about a half a dozen years and plans to stay here for a while longer. This is Bar Crawl Radio. You can contact us at radio568.com. Thank you very much, Mel. Thank you, Alan. Thank you. Take care. And here's a bit more from Russell Davis on his improvisational electric guitar from the Tara Stone Buddhist Retreat in Salisbury, United Kingdom. Okay, we're back. Uh, here we are at the Blue Boar Pub in Heon Wai. Barcore Radio has gone international, and you just and we just called it the British Invasion. Yeah. And I have here with me my partner yeah. in crime, my Barcore Radio partner, Rebecca McKean. I'm here, and my wife and I'm my partner. I'm in an out of mind kind of place. It's it really, it is. I'm just completely bowled over to be here it's amazing and wonderful and we've had such a great time just in the in what, a day and a half it's yeah i mean we we went to uh we landed in london drove to a place called salisbury 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 not salisbury not salisbury 
Salisbury. Yeah, Not I thought Salisbury. it was a salad at one time. The berry the salad. Yeah, wait a second. Wait a minute. We, we have a we new have pronunciation. Salisbury. Ah, uh, okay. That's from Paul Rubin, otherwise known as Pee Wee. No, 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 no. He's a different Paul Rubin. Salisbury. But we stayed at a place called um, uh, Swancliffe. No. No. Swallowcliffe. No. Swallowcliffe. Swallow. I knew it was something that was flying. Right. Swallowcliffe. And we stayed in a Swallow Cottage. Yeah, we stayed at the Tara Stone Buddhist Retreat. Yes. And it was right. lovely. It was a beautiful little cottage. And we met Tanya. Yes. Who uh, made a delicious dinner for us. And then we, they had a little concert for us afterwards. Yes, she had some Buddhist friends and a, uh, um, an artist, a, a musician. Mm. And he played all kinds of instruments, right? Yeah, he played a guitar and a lute and something that he had on his lap that was some kind of medieval instrument. We also went to Stonehenge, and um, you drove us everywhere. Oh, yes. Yeah. I've been driving. Yeah. Um, I've been driving on the... Hmm, I guess it would probably be impolite to say the wrong side of the road, but that's what it feels like, of course. I'm driving on the left side, which is what they do in England uh, and in the English countries. They drive on the left side of the road. And so we also we had to get a van, uh, not a van, a SUV. Yeah, it's kind of a large car. We have so much luggage, (laughs) I guess. Um, And so we had to get a car that would... You know, they just have small cars here, and we're driving this big, um, curse, bus, bus sized car. This big, you know, think of the curses right now. We're a car, and it, it's too big, and it's really hard. Because I, I, as a driver, you know how you have a sense of how the size of the car is, you know, even if you, you know, you might get into a small car, and then, okay, yeah, I get it. Then you get into a bigger car, and you get it. Add that on to being on the right side instead of the left side and anyway it's being very it's been very difficult and i feel like the cars coming you know in the opposite direction i feel like they're all going to hit me yeah and so i move away from them and then i keep hitting the curb yeah oh um, well you only hit the curb two or three times yeah but it's it, it was surprising when you did i could loud. see it coming i was going like oh she's gonna hit the curb yeah yeah i know and it's it like, was I feel loud. so sorry. It's like, what can I do to help you so you don't hit the curb? But we didn't hurt yeah. the car. We didn't hurt the car. No, no, no. we didn't. No, no, we did no. Not. The car is fine. Enterprise. It's Enterprise. Fine. The car Love is beautiful. You, Enterprise. Yeah, there was a dent in it, no, but no, it's no, not no, there he's, anymore. He's just joking. He's joking. Well, Enterprise. we knocked out the dent with the hitting the curb. He's lying. Yeah, um, the, the dent is gone. And the other thing that... The wheel's all, gone, too, but... Okay, just ignore him from now on. It, the other thing too is is the traffic circles. Those are oh my scary. god! Because you're supposed to enter it. You know, of course, you have to yield and only enter it when no one else is Do in it. You think there's a connection between having traffic circles and this area has crop circles? Oh yeah, maybe. I I think I think this is a commentary by the aliens <gasps> that landed here. I just thought of something. What? No, go ahead. You finish your. No, thought. I think I think the aliens had had it with getting their spaceships around the the, the traffic circles. <laughs> They didn't know where to turn off. Right, right, right. And, and, and they said, crazy, crazy place. We're going to let them, and we're going to do these crop circles and tell them this is nuts. Or I thought the crop circles were to communicate to the aliens. Do you think the aliens did the crop no, circles? No, the aliens created the crop circles to tell you that the traffic circles are crazy. Okay, but then maybe they're just doing it wrong then with the, um, you know, I don't know. Mm. I, know I forgot what I was going to say, but I think mm. that... I just had some beer. I had some pub beer. I think that maybe those crop circles made them think circles. It's like think circularly. Oh. You know, in America, we stop and go. That's what we do. We oh, no, stop they don't stop. There are some stoplights, but mostly they do the, the circles. They just keep traffic going. Traffic circles. Right. And that's because that's, what they, that's how they think. They think circularly, and we think stop and go. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I thought it was very interesting, too. We didn't know how to turn the hazard light off. Yes. For the first, like, hour of our trip. And, and we had these British guys come, hey, mate, your yeah. hazard lights are on. They were yelling at us through the window. And we were like, No, they yes, were very nice we about know. it. Yeah, they were nice, but they were yeah. yelling because they were on a, on, a, on a freeway or a whatever you call it. On a, yeah, what do they call well, them? But they don't call them freeways or highways. What they, they call they? them byways. Maybe highways. Byways. Mm-hmm. Express. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know what they call it here. You can tell it's very stressful. Yeah. It's very stressful to be American. I want to put a big placard in the window. It says, excuse me, I'm an American. Yeah, we have to put an American flag on I'm the I'm like uh, turning antenna. my brain inside out. This is hard. 
Give me a break. Well, I felt very bad for you. Thank I you saw dear. while you were driving, you were driving in your technique, which is when you get really tense, is would you straighten out your arms <laughs> and you push your body way back in the seat. And I it's try, like I kept trying to relax. You've got this look on your face of death. And uh, then I know when your arms are straight and you've got that death mask on with your teeth clenched. Yeah. Um, it's not your best look, but it's still, you're still pretty. Thank um, you, You're white knuckling it. And, and I say, you say, hey, Beck, how, how you do? At that point, I say, how, how, how you doing? And you go, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm just fine. <laughs> leave me, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. Just leave me alone. I'm okay. Just don't ask me how I'm doing. Don't. I have to look straight ahead. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Okay, okay, <laughs> and, okay. and, that, and that's when the back seat people would, Paul and Paula, would, would chime in. You're doing, you're doing really well, Becky. You're doing really, you're, oh, you're driving really well. And then Paul would say, yes, yes, driving really well. And it was like yeah. they were trying to calm a crazy person Well, you down. didn't look behind and look at them, but they had all pillows around <laughs> them. They were like I'm hunkered sure. down. Their hands were pressed up against the back of the uh, seat okay. the entire time. They're very tired at maybe this point. Maybe we should put, maybe we should drive with you. With, with, with we helmets. We just surround ourselves with pillows. Helmets and bring all the pillows. <laughs> I like it. Maybe we should. It's happened, just happened surround ourselves with pillows. Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the British would see us driving down the road, all of us wearing helmets. <laughs> helmets. That's right. And, and it's like we have, we have shin guards and elbow guards, right? With a big and sign saying, we're Americans. We're Americans. Sorry. <laughs> And we, we should have a big clown nose on. Go around us. Go yeah. around. <laughs> Just be afraid. Be very afraid. <laughs> yeah, really. Give us space. We don't know about this driving on the other side of the Give road. Give us space. Every time I'm crossing the street, it's like I got hit almost twice today. Yeah. Well, Paula and got hit when she was in yeah. England once. Yeah. This is, this is a nutty. It's hard. It's beautiful, though. It's very beautiful, yes. Yeah. We're not, uh, you know, we're not complaining. No, we're, 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 we're very just, we're, we're trying very to cope as best we can by drinking beer. All right, and what are you drinking? I'm drinking per- a Peroni. 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 I think yeah. they have that in the States. I've heard of it. Yeah, Peroni. Yeah. And but I'm drinking Peroni something that says Lion, Pride of the Cotswolds. I don't know what it is, but it's a lot of beer. It's a big, big glass it's of beer. It's a pint, right? Right. Uh, what, I have, what is this called? That's called a, 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 a half pint. Half pint? But I, I thought there know. was another name for there it. There probably is. We'll have we to ask Scarlett. We're going to be speaking with Scarlett, who is the manager here at the Blue Boar, in a second. I've been speaking with my partner in Bar Crawl Radio, Rebecca, Rebecca. McKean. Rebecca. Call me Rebecca. Call you Rebecca. And um, we're going to be talking to other people here. We're set up here at the Blue Boar in Hay-on-Wai. And we're Bar Crawl Radio. And um, Peroni Nastra Azuro is the beer where uh, Rebecca is drinking. I'm drinking something else. It's a little darker and it's quite good. I'm going to ask um, Scarlett what. Uh, you know, what I it realize is. there's a, a problem with this. What's that? With drinking while Why? we. Well, there's good things and there's bad things. Yeah, I keep getting beer on the microphone. Well, I keep. I need to, you know, burp. Go burp. I did, but yeah, burp. I have to. I have to move away from the microphone. Oh, you don't. I, I wouldn't I, want to burp in, that's the, good sound. in the microphone. That's good sound. No. Burp, burp. Maybe you can. Not. I wouldn't. Yeah. Okay. As long as you don't fart, that'd be okay. We won't, you know, we won't hear that anyway. You have to write me now a paragraph using yeah. the word flatulence, please. <laughs> we don't this use those kind of words. From Rebecca, the, the elementary school teacher. We don't use those words. Well, we can use them in Bar Call Radio. It's okay, okay, but okay, not okay, at marm. school. I won't. Thank Should you, you very much. call me a marm? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're my teacher, marm. <laughs> yeah. What is marm. What's a marm? I don't know. Well, a they, school they, marm. A school marm. What's a it? school is marm. That, is yeah. that a teacher? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right, you may call me. And mom. they and they eat this thing called mar- Marmaduke or something, Marmalado. No. Marm you No, know, you're thinking of what they eat uh, uh, that veggie Marmabite. Mar- 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 marmite. Marmite. Marmite? Not Marmaduke. Marmite. I tasted it. Oh my god. I wonder if it has the same root that the teacher comes from. Maybe it's like something really strange. Marmite. Oh my god. If yeah, if, if you if a teacher tastes like that marmite, right. it's like I do anything to say can I get out of this she class. Would look like, hey, I'm going. Yeah, I know. I'm going Because you're now. on vacation. Because I'm on vacation. And you don't have to work Thank for you. Bar Crawl Radio. <laughs> no, I do. I love Bar Crawl. We're on Bar Crawl Radio. You can contact us on Twitter at Bye-bye. Bar Crawl Radio. That was Rebecca McKean. We'll be back in a minute. Okay, we're back. Bar Crawl Radio going international. Here at the Blue Boar Pub, 
in Hayon Wai in northern Wales, right on the edge of the Black Mountains. Actually, we're in the Black Mountains. And we're speaking now with Scarlett Goldsworthy. Hello. Hello, Scarlett. How are you doing? Thank you so much for inviting us into your pub. You're more than welcome. Well, thank you. Uh, it's, 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 it's so nice that you gave us a whole little piece of the bar here. Oh, it's nice. You're part of the history of it now. Yeah, yeah. Now you can tell stories about go, you know, Bar Crawl Radio having come to, co- come to your pub. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, who are you? How did you get into the pub business? Well, what did you do before? <laughs> I don't know if there really was a before. Um, I can, I, well, I guess you can say that I was born into it. My parents bought the Blue Boar about 35 years ago. Um, and I'm only 30, so I was actually born and raised in the pub. I fired my first member of staff when I was five, though I'm not sure they really listened to me when I was trying to do it. Wow, okay. <laughs> so you, you grew up here. I did, yeah. But my family go back in the town to the 1870s. Wow. Um, so we're quite an old family in Hale Mai. Uh, we didn't, didn't You're original Hayers. We are original <laughs> Hayers, yes. I mean, is that what you call, what do you call yourself? I mean, I'm, I'm a New Yorker. You're a New Yorker. Right. Well, um, in Hay, there's a little saying, you can't call yourself a local unless you've got six generations in the cemetery. <laughs> and we've definitely got more than that. Where are <laughs> your people in the uh, cemetery? Which church? Uh, St. Mary's Church, which is literally just down the road, but the cemetery is just up on Brecon Road, which leads up to the Brecon Mountains. So you're, you're five years old, you're prancing around here in, in, your, in your lovely little skirts, <laughs> and, and you're bossing people around. Always. I'm called the headmistress because I've always been quite bossy. Um, oh, wow. I suppose that's why I took a natural route of managing the pub but um. I, I would think that you would get tired of being here i mean i find this lovely it's magnificent we don't have pubs like this in the no, United it's States. very traditional with its yeah. old beams and whatnot um yeah I, I hit my head on that beam a number of times <laughs> it's a little low i think when it was constructed people were a lot shorter back then <laughs> for sure okay. all right but i mean you you uh, you've now been here your whole life um i i have lived away i went to university in bristol and, and weirdly i did an archaeology degree mm-hmm. um and i came home just this could be an archaeological site well there are a lot of old fossils that pass through but yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> um no sir he's not talking about you no i'm <laughs> sorry michael um no but i my intention was never to actually end up back in hill my but i came back for a year to say for my master's and realized how lucky i was to live in such a beautiful place and the, the funny thing about a pub is, especially in a small town, you get all your locals, they come in all through the week, and they're part of your extended family. That Everyone cares for each other. They're really interested to know what you're up to. And, and it's such a nice place to live in. There's not many places like Hay in the world where you, know, you can know pretty much everyone by name and go out in the morning and say good morning to everyone. Part of the thing in Hay that's so nice is a lot of people are related to each other and everyone knows the histories of each other's families. So if if someone's ill in your family, everybody cares about it. If a baby's born, everyone's there for the christening. And it's it's a really nice aspect of living in a small town that you don't get in a city. Um, And, you know, pubs are a bit like churches. They're a bit of a religious experience. People come in and during times of need or, you know, even if you want to have a good time, they're, they're a place of celebration. And that is what this pub is for a lot of people in here. I mean, uh, there are quite a few other pubs, and I'm sure they have the same same standing. But w- and we've been here a long time. So really fundamental rule here in the Blue Ball that we don't serve you to get drunk. We serve you to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Coming to a pub is to have a drink with your friends and to socialise, not to go nuts and make a bit of a tit of yourself. Excuse mm-hmm. my French. Um, I'm sure there are bars here in Hay on Wide that are like that. I don't. You don't think so? I don't know. I th- do you know what we've got? such a good communication system with the other bars if there's trouble in one bar we get phone call to say look we've had this problem with this Mm. person Mm. don't serve them and we respect that you know i think the problem is if you do serve people to get drunk there's trouble that's going to follow and it says more about you as a person serving than it does about them it's it's a very different culture yeah yeah um that that idea of being together with your neighbors in times of trouble and times of fun Mm. You were a child here. Yeah, I was. And it wasn't kind of like, that's a nasty thing to have a child at a bar. No, 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 not at all. I mean, we've got families sat in here now who are having early dinners with their kids. That's right. And And you have breakfast here? We have breakfast. We do teas and cakes. We do uh, food 364 days of the year. We're open. The only day we shut is Christmas. It's what's described as good pub, like UK 
pub food. We do really good hearty stew. We had chicken and mushroom pie. Oh, the pie is really oh, popular. It was great. Yeah, it's a good pie. You should come in the winter. We do a really lovely mixed game pie. And my my brother, who's actually the head chef, he goes and shoots a lot of the venison and the rabbits and the pigeon, and we butcher it ourselves to go into the pie. So we can say it's proper home cooked food. You know, everything's... No buckshot in there, yeah. No, well, if you can have a little bit of money off if you find a pallet or two. And th- you have a lot of different beers here. We do, uh, yeah. You have a lot of pulls. I don't know what you would call the... the uh, beer pumps. Uh, the pumps, pumps, right. We call them pumps. And I noticed before one of your assistants was having a problem with the pump, but you know how to work it. So it was just that the barrel had come to the end, and we have to go down to the cellar, and we've, we've got a great cellar. We've got automatic tippers, so when the barrel starts to empty, the barrel tips up. And the sediment that's in the barrel slightly slips forward and therefore doesn't get into the pipe. But it just means that once it comes to the end, nothing will pull through. Right. And we just go and put on a fresh barrel. And right. And, and this is from an in. expert who's been doing it for the last... I know, 18 years. I started working here when I was 11, officially. Because, right. I mean, she came over to you as the expert and you kind of went over and looked yeah, at it. And you, were, and, and you were fixing it. Tell us about the beers that you have here. How do you make choices of what you were going to have here? Um, well, one of the first things we do is we look at other bars in the town and, and we try not to stock the same things if we can help it because we want to offer something different. Um, and then we look at kind of the quality of the beer. I mean, you can get some great microbreweries, but if the quality is not the same every time and someone comes in and has a bad pint, they won't come back and eat. It's, it's you know, it's, it's really important you get that beer right. Um, so at the moment, we've got something called Timothy Taylor's on, which is a really nice beer, but it's from Yorkshire. It's not actually a Welsh one. Um, but what we love about them is it's still run by the same family who started it. And they're really private. They won't let you into their brewery. And, and that, to me, says they really care about what they're doing. You're drinking a Doom Bar, which is a Cornish ale. And that comes from a town um, called Rock. It's named after a sandbar in the town of Rock, where lots of ships um, sank and kind of fell to their doom. Oh, doom so it's called the okay. Doom Bar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a very popular. It's quite quite sweet and dark and fruity. It's delicious. Yeah. So it's a very old pub. It dates back to the late 15th century. Um, wow. There is a beam in the bar that has, I think it's 1485. Inspired, this is the one I it? keep knocking my head on? Probably, yes. Yeah, yeah it yeah, looks old, and it looks like there's some other people knocked their heads <laughs> on it. but <laughs> quite, quite And it goes back to the 15th... Le- late 15th century. Get yeah, out of here. It's a very old pub, yeah. Wow. So, But it originally would have been called the White Ball, um, and that relates to Richard III and the Battle of Bosworth. And oh when God. he lost the battle... All the pubs called the White Boar changed to Blue Boar to s- show their allegiance to the new king. So you don't oh. really want your soldiers coming through and suddenly put them setting the place on fire if it's got the wrong name. <laughs> Amazing. I know, yeah. Amazing. What's the hardest part of your job? Ooh. I, I'm, well, I suppose the hardest part of my job from, well, from a personal point of view is the night. You know, you miss out on a lot of things, yeah. you know, weddings, christenings, because you're normally working, yeah. um, which can be difficult. But... You know, that's life. Yeah. Um, and this is a su- successful pub. It's a very successful pub. Well, I, l- I like to think so. We've, you know, to be going 35 years um, in the pub trade in the same building yeah. is, is quite rare nowadays. I mean, most people will ask about I it. Think it I mean, it's amazing that this has continued as a business mm. doing the same thing for yeah. the last, what, 500 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. I th- you know, hay itself has changed a lot. In recent years, I mean, the, the popularity of the town has increased. There's a difference in the trade. We get a lot more tourists such as yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's enabled us to be success, successful until now. And you should continue to be successful. And uh, we've been so talking too. to Scarlett Goldsworthy. Yeah, thank you. You've experienced this throughout your entire life. Yeah, I suppose I'm a homegrown Yeah, and, and are you going anywhere? Or do you think this is just for now? Or? Um, I think I'll always be involved with the pub. I am going to cut down just because I need... Is there something else you want to do? Um, well, my, my partner partner's a furniture designer, so I would like to help him out a bit, but um, we'll see how that goes. But I you're staying in Hay hey on Wye? I'm definitely staying in Hay. This is your town. This is my town, yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Scarlett, it's been great talking with you, you on Bar Crawl Radio. Thanks again to Scarlett Goldsworthy, our very friendly manager at the Blue Boar Pub in hay on Wye, right near the Black Mountains in Wales. Barcrawl Radio International moved next to Dublin, and we had a beer tasting at the Ferryman Pub right on the Liffey River with a couple of natives of Munich, Germany. But first, let's hear a bit from Eileen Foley-O'Neill singing about Brandon Bay on the Dingle Peninsula of Western Ireland. 
as I left my home, being forced to roam from dear There just wasn't enough time to share all the great conversations we had at the Blue Boar Pub. We spoke with Clara Radcliffe, a lovely young lawyer from London, and with Paul Rubin about our visit to Stonehenge. And Scarlett Goesworthy told us about the time Stevie Winwood, who played with Eric Clapton, had a run-in with a man with a hook. You can hear the entire program at Radio 568. This is Bar Crawl Radio, and gosh darn it, we've gone international. Whose smile ne'er came my way I have bid adieu to love and you My own dear Brandon Bay Everybody, this is uh, Bar Crawl Radio. We're broadcasting, believe it or not, from Dublin, Ireland. If you want to hear other programs that we're doing, you can tweet us at Bar Crow Radio, or you can go to Radio 568 and get in touch with our archive. We're here at the Ferryman Bar, Pub, no, we're the Ferryman it's a pub, pub. It's a pub here. Right, on yeah. the Liffey River. It is uh, Friday, kind of early afternoon, well, it's, it's, it's early evening, yeah. But the place is bouncing. It's it's jamming. It's jamming here. It's here, cra- it's cracking. You're here with Alan and Rebecca. Alan and Rebecca. We'll also be with Paul and Paula, and we're and here with Sven, Sven, and Sabrina, and Sabrina, who are from where are you from? We're right from Munich, Germany. From Munich, Germany. We'll we'll get to Sven and Sabrina in a moment. How how you doing, sweetie? I'm good. I'm good. I'm. What um, what we do today? We went to Trinity Church. Yeah. And we went on a tour with a lovely young student. Student, a, a recent graduate of Trinity. Yes. Trinity College. Yes, and she told us some really good stories about the college. And I uh, especially enjoyed the story about how the students killed the uh, dean of... Uh, the dean of discipline. Discipline, yes. <laughs> That's right. It was the dean of discipline. What year was that? Oh, God, I don't know. 19- Paul, do you remember the year that the, uh, the dean of discipline was 1980? killed? No, just kidding. Do you remember? Paula will remember. She's not here just now, but we'll ask her. But they her. they had a they had a uh, uh, pistol fight between the students and the yeah, dean they of took discipline. Out the dean of discipline started yeah. shooting first, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. He started. Well, he was disciplining them. Talk about the Wild West. He was he was disciplining them. So so uh, yeah, they got in a fight and uh, the uh, students killed the discipline. They killed the dean. And then they went up on trial, but they were uh, of course acquitted. Yeah. Because I, they were just students. They were having fun. Having yeah, that's what it was. Wow. Different, it, just, it got out of hand. Different kind of world. So, again, this is Bark Roll Radio, and we're going to be doing a uh, beer tasting here at the Ferryman Pub right on the Liffey River. We're looking out the window. We can see the Liffey, James Joyce's Liffey River. And we're sitting here with Sven and Sabrina from Munich, Germany. And we'll talk with them, and we'll be back in just a moment. <laughs> Okay, and we're back. We're here at the Ferryman Pub, Restaurant, and Hotel, and we're sitting here with Sabrina and Sven, Sven from Munich, Germany, with Paul and Paula, our good friends. We've been moving from Wales over to Dublin, and now we're at the Ferryman, sitting here at the at the Liffey. Now, Paul, you had a question for for Sven with a, with, a, with a spiky hairdo. Which do you prefer, German beer, Irish beer? So it's quite hard to tell. So we arrived half an hour ago, and yes. it's our first Irish beer. So right. <laughs> there's not much of comparison there yet, but we will have another four days and drink several Irish beers, and then I can right. do a comparison. This uh, one is quite, quite good to drink. It's tasty. It's not so sparkling as German beer. It's without gas. Sabrina, did, do you like this beer? Yeah, I like it. You like it better than German? No, but it's nearly the same. It's more expensive, but it's um, nearly the same. <laughs> so it's more in Munich. It's more expensive. No, no, no. Here it's more expensive. Here it's a double price. Wow. Get out. So we have to go to Munich, Paul. Wow. And you're Munich is the, obviously the capital the Euro, of beer so it's the same in currency. the world. So you better you better go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I'm hearing you now. September or October for Oktoberfest. For Oktoberfest, sure, yeah. sure. That we that maybe that's our next trip. What do you both do in Germany? Uh, I'm doing graphic layout for catalogs of a uh, swimwear company. And I'm a sales director for an online shop. 
And why did you uh, to come to uh, Ireland? Well, we have um, a public holiday on Tuesday, so right. we have a long weekend, and so we spent just four days for a city trip. So we decided to go to Dublin. It's not so far, it's nearly two hours. We're here at the Ferryman Pub Restaurant and Hotel. Uh, it's a um, built out of two Georgian buildings, both listed buildings, on the Liffey River. And again, this is Bark Brawl Radio, and we'll be back in just a minute. Back. This is Bar Crawl Radio. Again, we're broadcasting from the Ferryman Pub off the Liffey River in uh, Dublin. It's uh, the beginning, we're in the mid-August, and it's a little chilly, a little rainy, but it's a beautiful day here inside the Ferryman. Paul, you had one more question for Swen. What was that? I'd like to know what Angela Merkel really thinks of Donald Trump. <laughs> and you know. Okay. Can I be honest? On yes, that? of course you can be honest. <laughs> Okay, we get Donald Trump and his decisions and Twitter stuff on the news every day, every single day. Now in the last two or three days, this North Korean stuff comes up and we are really worried. For German, it sounds like not a politician, but an angry child. We are a bit worried about what's happening at the moment. It's just unbelievable that he was elected. Now it is the situation, he's, he's elected and there's no way out there and you have, you, have, you have to deal with him, we have to deal with him. I think we all have to deal with him. There is other politicians there, you have to decide about it and it's not just I sign it and it's, it's the law. And so he has to learn politics as well. And I think right now we're going to deal with Donald Trump by drinking some Irish beer. Uh, we've got four different original Irish beers here. We have McGargle's Big Bangin', Smithwick Red Ale, Hop House Number 13, and of course, Guinness. So of I think course. we'll end up with the Guinness. If you don't mind, I'm gonna pass it around. I'd like you to taste it. Alcohol and then kills all germs. It'll and kill Rebecca all germs. is back, by the way. Right, Rebecca's Hi. back on mic. Why don't we start? I'm gonna start with the, with the McGargle's Big Bangin'. Now, we had some of this yesterday. We did. And it was really good. Paul had some, and he said this was the best he had. So let's start with the McGangles Big Bangin'. I like it. Yeah, yeah I like this. I had I it like yesterday. It. it smells sweet. Yeah, it is. There's a sweetness in there. This man is giving a, a kind of a face that you don't want to look at. All right, Sabrina's tasting it. It does not taste sweet, but it smells sweet. Okay. Tastes a little bit strange, not like a beer. So I prefer my um, pale ale. So I think it tastes a little bit like American beer, which means I like it. See, I like it too. I don't know. You want to try it again? We're having another round here looks, of the McGangles Big Bangin'. Swin is making a face. Now he like took, he, he he took a bigger swallow this time. Not shaking his head. Yeah, it looks like he's getting his teeth not, pulled. Not, not, not making the grade. Tastes like there's some fruit juice in it or anything like that. All right, let's try another one. All right, maybe maybe we'll get a little better. I'm so gonna drink this one. This one's called Smithwick Red Ale. Beck, why don't you start? Okay, okay. This one's not for me. All right, I this one's not for you. Yeah. It's ho I guess it's hoppy. There's something that's not for me. All right, it's kind of dark. It kind of is red. Amber. Amber. Then you you uh, may like this. It doesn't have like a. Yeah, that's that's a better one, but. Uh, it's not very crispy because missing of gas as well. Ah, uh, yeah. So yes. your big thing is getting the kind of the the, the bite of the gas. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, I like it, but the gas is missing. That's yes. true. So yes, it, you're um, right. You're right. A bit strange because of the missing gas. You're right. So Sabrina, when when beer is served, you actually serve it from a draft, right? It's pumped out, so there must be more gas they put into the barrel. Well, they have to calibrate it. No, there are some beers they are just intended not have to s to have so much gas in it. So it's maybe it's just the taste of the beer. Uh, it's okay. You will you will uh, know at the Guinness. It's mostly the Guinness has uh, really no gas in it. So okay. 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 So Guinness is known for not having too much gas in it at all. All right. All right. We so are ignorant. 
So that was the Smithwick Red Ale. We're going to move on to our third choice, which is this one is the Hop House number 13. Hop House number 13. Hop House. Not so you hip think hop, hop a house. Twelve and an eleven and a ten. And I it, maybe this is the thirteenth try. Thirteenth is my lucky number. And by the way, we got to finish all this before we leave. I like this one a little better, but it it's not very fizzy, not very carbonated. Also, this one seems to have the least taste. Yeah, it tastes like an American, like just your no, you normal see, see, American beer. Sven really knows how to do it because he smells it first. It's like a wine. Yeah, this is really thin. Yes. Thin, yes. yeah. There's yes. not much taste to it. It's like a Budweiser. Yeah, and the gas is missing again. Again, yeah. So. Right. That seems to be a theme here, in the, at least in the ferryman, the gas is missing. <laughs> All right. So. Maybe the Irish like it without gas. We got one more to go, and that's the Guinness. We tasted the Guinness yesterday, and it wasn't what we drink in the United States. It was very, very different. So different. we're, we're going to try this. Well, it's on tap, too, which is different. Do we get it on tap? Yeah, this is all States? on tap. No, I mean in the States. Yeah, you can get it on tap in the yeah. States, sure. All right, so here, here we go. Sweetie, you want to try that one? She's uh, tasting it. Not for me. To me, it right. tastes like coffee. Yeah, it's really dark. has a nice little head on it. It's a pretty glass of, of beer. The Guinness we had yesterday didn't taste like that. So it had a very different that taste ugly to face it. Again, that yeah, he's making the, yeah, the the I don't really like that I, beer so I, much. I have to go to the dentist. It's a creamy taste, yeah. almost without gas and uh, a little bit of coffee note. Yes. Right. 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 But it's very strange. We were here yesterday. And we had Guinness, and it tasted very different than that. You just ordered Guinness. I just ordered Guinness. All right. So we're getting a varied product here at Is the Ferryman. Possible? I know very little about beer. Is it possible that the beer could taste different from one day to the next? Depends on how much beer you had the day before. <laughs> Good answer. We're, Good we're, answer. We're here at the Ferryman with uh, Zwen and Sabrina, Paul, Paula, and my sweetie Becky. We're in Dublin, Ireland, and it's a Friday, and the place is getting even more crowded. I think we've got some locals here from the financial district across the other side of the Liffey. And this is Bar Crawl Radio. Tweet us at Bar Crawl Radio and listen to us on Radio 568. We'll be back in a moment. The main fiddler, three monkeys, uh, Dutch friends, and Tanamagus. We're in the Windjammer at the, uh, in Dublin. We're on Lombard Street. We're speaking to David. He's a bartender. Manager. Manager. The manager here at the Jammer. Yeah, we open at 7 a.m. Monday to Saturday. And you so, get locals? Oh, all locals. Sunday we open for clock and to worship before we come to pub. We'll be open at 6. We have to count the money. We open at 7 a.m. This bar is over 200 years here. And it has a history with the docks and Dockland. So there's 11 pubs in Dublin that have a license to open at 7 a.m. And once those licenses have gone, they don't renew them. So anybody that has an early license is allowed. And, you know, basically we get um, lads who work at nights in government buildings, uh, night porters in the hospital, security guards who finish at 6 a.m. and come have a few points. For them, 7 a.m. is 7 p.m. So they're having their few points and then go home and go to bed. License to sell beer in 1878. The building has been here over 200 years. Since 1878, there's been 12 owners of this premises. We got our, we got our government bond in 1938, which meant we'd sell our bottle of our own whiskey. Um, there's a lot of history um, attached to this building. Tony, Chapman here from barclaw.com. Your name is Tony? Yeah. What are you doing here? Uh, drinking. So you're a regular? Yeah, I'd be here like this is probably, yeah, maybe sort of six, seven nights a week, I would imagine, yeah. I own my own business again, it's a courier company. I, I go to rock bars and stuff, okay, and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a sort of into rock music, okay, and whatever, so I go to Gypsy Rose, Demez, Chenet. Uh, these would be all bars, okay, that would have live music in them. I've been in New York City once, okay, I've been in Florida once, okay, and if I ever go back there again, if I see Mickey Mouse, okay, I'm going to bust him. Well, yeah, I mean, like, we, we normally go out and have a beer, okay, and I generally try and wind everybody else up at the bar, okay. Oh, I just kicked their chairs. Anything that annoys them. 
Take the still they're on, okay, just go and play jokes, okay, like, you know, every now and again, okay, just give them a hard time and have a, have a ball doing it, okay, and they sort of enjoy it as well, even though they say they don't. I know every in the bar. See, I'm on, I'm on holidays. I took a week holidays this week. Okay, so um, I just decided to come here. Okay, because I, I prefer okay to be on the place okay, that I like and stuff. Okay, so I'll go out now tonight. Okay, and be here to Gypsy or the Mez or somewhere else. Arrive in at o'clock in the morning and just opens at seven in the morning. Okay, so could well be okay at seven. Okay, because I mean I just like Dublin. Okay, so it's a, it's a great city. Okay, so I mean it's 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 a city. Okay, that like if you know it and you go like this is okay, but a lot of they seem to make make their decisions okay on things that are on the internet okay and most of that they have on the internet okay i'd never even never mind go and visit so is this your first time in ireland yeah yeah first time in Ireland, dublin yeah dublin people are kind of unique they don't they don't they kind of they just like let life pass yeah you know, they don't make a big deal there's not a place i've seen i've traveled yeah. quite a lot now over the years and i've seen different different cities where you'd see big celebrities walking and being yeah. mobbed by fans and things like that. Does it happen over here? Yeah. If you see them, pay it. So do you have celebrities come in? Yes. You yes. drop a name? Not, not so How many names do you want? Yeah. How many names do you want? As many as, how many figures yeah. I got? George Clooney. No. No. <laughs> Bono. Wow, oh. that's, that's a All big right. time. That's big. Simon and Garfunkel. Get out of here. Both at the same time? Yeah. How long ago? Many, many years ago. Yeah, yeah when they yeah. were still I don't together. Think you would see them together. Yeah. Very, very funny story. There's an old guy used to work here. Joe Casey was his name. But Joe worked here for 54 years. And Joe was. This was Joe. This was his book. Gotcha. And he had. He was here one morning and Simon and Garfield happened to walk in with the entourage. Yeah. And they ordered drinks and Joe wouldn't serve because he didn't serve hippies. I don't serve hippies in my bar. I don't serve what? I don't serve hippies in my bar. Get out of here. Yeah. Wow. Drinking stout was the core taste. You either like it or you don't like it. If you do like it, Guinness is more, is much more smoother drinking. Yeah. yeah, obviously it's smoother. Yeah. Beamish has more of a malted taste of it. It does. More of a chocolatey taste. I like you know, it. Yeah. It's more of a chocolatey taste, if yeah. you want to call it that way. Yeah. Um, as it's your palate, it, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is an acquired taste. Right, you either like it or you don't like it. You know, and that's the way people kind of taste it. No, 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 I don't like it. They've got to drink for something else. But if you drink Guinness, you drink it. With Guinness, it's all about presentation. It's all about presentation. A lot of bars in many parts, parts of the world, bartending, you just walk in, you can start filling points. In Ireland, it doesn't work that way. Bartending in Ireland is a recognised trade. Yeah. You must spend three years learning. Get out of three years. Three years. It doesn't yes. just, you don't have to walk into the counter on your no bar when you're not. Kidding. You spend three years as a first year apprentice, second year apprentice, mm. third year apprentice. And then you become a junior assistant and you work your way up, up the ladder. But uh, bartending in Ireland is a recognised trade. Yeah. That's why we know so much about the problem yourself. Yeah. You yeah. have to know it yourself. Okay, you guys are from the States. If you drink Guinness in the States, it's different. It's much softer in the US. If you go to England, it's much softer in the yeah. UK. Over here, it's made 20 minutes up the road. This is so you know, good, I yeah. can't believe it. Guinness doesn't travel. Yeah. And everybody knows that Guinness does not travel abroad. So if you get Guinness in Dublin, this is where it's where it's just the home of Guinness. It's where it's made. We do have the problem when a lot of Americans come in, not only Americans, yeah. people from Europe come over here and they come in. Yeah, same again, no bother. And they come in and they I'll have two large Guinness or two small Guinness and you fill them and you know what you're doing because you've settled and you let it, you step away and you turn around and the glasses are gone. You're going, where the fuck are the glasses going? <laughs> <laughs> They're over there. You have to go back over and explain to them, you have to allow Guinness time to settle down right. and then we finish it all for you. Right. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, I mean, that's, that's the norm in Europe, yeah, when yeah, it's yeah. just filled and just put up to you and that's it. It doesn't work yeah. that way. Yeah. You have to allow it to settle. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Treat it with respect. Yeah, well, I no. hear you. She's an old lady. She's 250 years no, old. No, I Look love her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let her settle. Yeah. Yeah, let her skirts come down. <laughs> what a great story. This has been so much fun. Yeah. 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 I'll give you a very funny, don't, don't record this one. We'll give you a very funny story. All right, here. I'll, no, no recording? Uh, if you want. If you want. No, no, I record everything. <laughs> you never I, know. I come into work on Friday afternoon at 2 o'clock. The boss was here. And I just have a look down. He says, those three lads down the end, he says, just keep annoying them. I'm heading off now. I happen to look down. He says, the older lads are here, and there's one of them not drinking, the other two are drinking, putting whiskeys here all day. He says, just keep annoying them. And I said, all right, no problem. I happen to look down again. I said, Shane, come here. I said, do you know who that is? He says, he no. I said, I said, that's Keith Richard. 
Wow. <laughs> that's Roger Daltrey. Yeah. Oh, God. And he went, what? I said, yeah. And that's Stuart Townsend. I said, that's the who. Yeah. He hadn't a clue. He hadn't a clue who they were. The yeah. who. Oh, Was this not too long ago? About three years ago. The who were doing a 25th. Oh, so they're all geezers then? Yeah, they were doing 25, the 25th anniversary concert. Wow. In, um, Tommy, in, can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> Roger Daltrey um, and the who were sitting in the oh, corner. Yeah. And he hadn't a clue. He just didn't wow. know. That's and no one even. I, mean, he, I think people must have noticed it, rare, but they didn't just. Yeah. They're here. You know? yeah. This is so good. It's great. I'm glad we came by. Beamish. Beamish. Original. And Rebecca really know how to uh, to celebrate a birthday, and I got those feelings of celebration. And now to cap off my birthday week, which I've never had, we're going to go to a lovely meal at a beautiful uh, restaurant in Carlingford, uh, you know, right on the Northern Ireland border. Tomorrow night. It's a beautiful medieval town. It's on the mouth of the Irish Sea. Uh, you can see, you know, castle ruins here and there. Um, but it's but everybody knows everybody because we went into Dan's Cafe, who is the cousin of the woman who owns the beautiful place that we're staying. And then we ran into another cousin of hers because she said, "Oh, you stay in the tenant's place." We said, "Yeah." Well, and blah blah blah. We started talking to her and. You know, before you know it, then we met somebody, everybody's related, everybody's kin, or everybody knows everybody. It's called Ma Baker's. It's like probably, it's Barker's, Barker's. It's a, a, a beautiful old Irish bar with a, a really Irish bartender who loves New York. We always like to hear that. With all these cool sayings on the walls and people drinking Guinness and looking at the soccer game. We're in Carlingford, Ireland with Paula Parker Rubin and we're celebrating her 47th birthday. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> and uh, I think that there's a man over at the end of the bar who wants to talk to you a little bit, Al. Well, that's our program from the Emerald Isle. We got to see a lot of different bars, got to talk to a lot of different people. Couldn't get it all into this program, but if you want to hear the rest, just go to Radio 568, and I'm sure you'll find it. This is Bar Crawl Radio, and you can tweet us at Bar Crawl Radio, and find us at Radio568.com. And let us know, what's your favorite bar? Hey, maybe we'll come and visit you.